We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Mainly just throwing them out just because of the min price factor. Yeah, if like uh, someone has even less money than Andrew, maybe they'll <laughs> throw him in there. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit RotoWire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Jamie Bazo. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire. Joined on this Wednesday night by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath to talk about some Major League Soccer. Before we jump in to what happened last week, briefly on our teams, and what happened, what will happen this week, J.D., what do you think about Lee Wynn? Oh, um... I guess it's fine. <laughs> I think we were, we were talking this morning. I thought that was a lot to give up for Lee Wynn. Um, but I do understand there's value to having domestic players because they don't take up an international slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you you don't know how else you're going to use your GAM or your TAM or whatever, then I guess that's one way to do it. But they've pretty much spent all of the GAM and TAM that they started with, LAFC has. Um, so that kind of limits them in the summer window a little bit. 
And I don't know. I just don't. I don't think he was really necessary, especially when Horta is coming in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they they want some depth. They know Failhaber's kind of old. Uh, Arania got hurt already, so and Vela's probably going to the World Cup. Um, so it's fine. I I don't <laughs> know. Like Lee wins pretty old, so paying that much gam tam for him, whatever it was, um, is significant. But I'm, I guess it's good to have him playing again. I'm just not that excited for it, really. Yeah, you seem to have the opinion that it was a much better move for Win than it was for LAFC. Oh, definitely, yeah. He has to be thrilled. Yeah. Skyler, what do you think? And I, oh, is he Californian or Texan? Lee Win. I think yeah, he might have... he's from Dallas. He's from Dallas. Okay, well, so. California is better than New England, I'm sure, in his mind. So, no offense, New Englanders. <laughs> Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I tweeted out earlier, I've already got September 15th circled, so that's when LAFC hosts New England. <laughs> um, Lee win revenge game. Is that I a whole revenge, revenge calendar you have? I'm, I'm ready for it. I know, I know we're months away, but I think he's he's primed for a big game. Um, I've, already got, I've already got it penciled in, so he's a lock. Lock him in for Jeez. September 15th. Lock him in for game week. What right. is it going to be? 26 or I something? I think it's 20. 29 actually okay <laughs> no i think it's good i mean in general then yeah i was um the Uran- the urania news that he was going to be out was a pretty big blow i mean i know he hasn't been scoring goals and putting up a he's ton been of really stuff. good yeah. yeah it's been a big part of that so i feel like um with him being gone then lafc needed to make some moves and they they were right on top of it um i think they brought in another forward to um names slipping my mind right now but um, yeah, Diamond. Yep, from Hull City. So they're bringing he... some attacking reinforcements in, and I think Wynn's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a, you know, he's going to work right into the mix there, and um, excited to see how it pans out because he's a good player, and I'm I'm happy to see him back in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is Diamande coming right away or in the summer? Um, he still needs the work permit, but it didn't seem like they were needing to wait. Right, right. I saw the the news clip I saw said he was out of contract this summer, so that oh, okay. kind of confused me. But I do think otherwise I thought he was coming right away once he gets his visa. So That's my uh, understanding as well. Yeah, okay. He gotcha. played for uh, Bradley in Norway, so they go way back. Right. Um, yeah, it'll be – I mean, it certainly helps, and uh, he's not going to the World Cup, so the, the Vela depth, the depth behind Vela will certainly help – uh, he'll help there as well. Um, yep. Before we jump into week 10, JD, did I see on Reddit that you are now up to 16th overall? That's correct. No one else really cares, but if anyone does, uh, I did move up, I think, 14 spots this week to 16th overall. Man. I'm uh, carrying the team for us over there. Totally. Yeah, I had some lucky calls. I got Ladero out of my lineup, um, and then I had Simon and uh, Harrison Afool, who both scored as defenders. So that was good. But um, I don't know. They both had been good otherwise, too. So a little bonus for me. Um, but I don't think anyone really had a great week in fantasy overall. Like, a lot of guys were disappointing, uh, my team included. But I guess 105 was a, a pretty good score this week. So I assume you captained Almiron. I did. Uh, I wonder how many weeks that is in a row. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, well, it's working, so. Um, I know Ladero recently, I think, everyone captained, right? Uh, probably. There was some week, yeah, a few weeks ago. Um, Skylar, how'd you do? It was just kind of a, a meh week for me, I guess you could say. I hit 87 points, so I think I dropped down a little bit. I'm 202 overall. Um, so I don't know. I just I had a few wild cards mixed in. I had a comment and a switcheroo roll off my bench. He didn't end up coming in, but I had uh, Alessandrini in my lineup in place of a com. So Alessandrini finished with four. A com finished with three. I had Nico Ladero in my midfield. He had three. Barco had six. So, you know, guys like that that I'm I'm counting on for big points when they're pulling four, five, six points out, just not gonna cut it. So. Um, I did get a uh, I did get a nice switcheroo in from the Vancouver defensive options. I had Watson and my dude Breck Shea got me eight a cool eight points. So um, there's a few positives to take from it, but overall just kind of so so. Yeah, I basically went the same way. I finished in 92. Also had Shea and Waston. Um, had Carlos Quintero in a switcheroo, which is a little bit of a bummer since he finished ahead of the two guys I started at forward, which were Martinez and, and Vela. So uh, I had Ladero, had Barco. The goalies were a mess. Zuzi only had five. Was, the, the Almiron captain saved me again. And yeah, I was saying to JD before the podcast, I start every week wondering if maybe I can go without Almiron. And every week I just end up having him again. <laughs> <laughs> you you guys basically did the same thing as me this week minus Simon and a fool. I mean, I had Waston, I had Barco. My mid, other midfielders were Iguain and Failhaber, who got yeah. an eight and six. I had Iguain so the, instead of Santos, which bothered me at the end because Santos right. had a better game. Santos was really good again. He's yeah. had I think two out of the last three games have been excellent. Yep. Um, I almost ranked him ahead of Iguain this week, but. Is close. Mm. There's still time to switch it. Yeah, there is. Except for Skyler. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised, uh, Skyler, you fell with 87. I didn't think that would penalize you that harshly. but um, I don't think I fell too much. But, yeah, I mean, would you say you had like 105 points? So. Yeah, but I was 30th overall, so that was yeah. like pretty high up there. Um, yeah, you had a good week. But I just, for me, I guess the 87, I think I was just basically treading water last week. Yeah. Well, I have a I have a bad week coming because I don't think I've fallen in the overall ranking yet. It's been a, a steady climb, and that's highly unlikely to continue. That's yeah, a chance, though. At, yeah. Well, I was looking at the um just the overall standings, and I mean, two hundred and two for me. I'm sitting at two hundred and two with seven hundred and ninety-seven points, and let's see, you're at sixteenth with eight hundred and sixty-five. So. Yeah, you're 68, 68 back. That's not far. Yeah, 68 back. So it kind of just shows you that that gap is, I mean, that's a pretty chunk, chunky gap there. But I feel like it's not impossible to make that up. I don't know. Maybe with a split season it is. Not saying I'm coming for you. I'm just saying I feel like, <laughs> I can, I, I feel like I've, I've got a little bit of uh, ground to make up here. and I, I don't feel like I'm too far away. Yeah, I'm 43 out of first place. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, the the chance of me catching up, there's just as much chance as someone behind me uh, passes me up. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I saw, like, some guy commented on a post I was following on Reddit um, how FMLS is, like, throwing a dice, like, a thousand times. Like, the results are going to even out. But 
we only have 18 captain picks, uh, and those are highly volatile and highly determine where you end up. So I, there's definitely some luck involved, but you just have to maximize your uh, your expected points every week in your mind, and that's that. Uh, I can assure you that I'm not going to be one of the people behind you who's going to pass you. <laughs> I'm 104 no. points behind you. No, that's not that bad. I'm not sure. I'm that's just that. like a couple Saturdays. I forget about uh, my lineup. Right, that's and... the only way. If the 466 people ahead of me forget about a week, then maybe I can make <laughs> <up> some ground. <laughs> uh, all right, let's jump into week 10. Sole goal of getting me into the top four, 300, 400, I guess, <laughs> is probably the more realistic goal. Um, is it time to trust Toronto again now that Champions League is over and uh, everyone's a little cheaper than they were at the beginning of the season. You guys both have Sebastian Javinko one. You've got um, Victor Vasquez nice and high. Um, I guess the real question is, is Javinko going to be your captain? Uh, maybe. Okay. I think it's JD's yes got to play me. close to the chest now. Skyler, <laughs> no, no, so you're no, going to have I'm an open... Jordan Cooper style right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm an open book um, here to share... I will say that my lineup uh, that I'm showing on the website may uh, never be my final lineup because uh, I have to mask it from the non-podcast listeners that I'm competing against at the top. But if you're listening, uh, that's a, it's a little bonus. So right now I'm leaning towards yes, Captain Angevinko. Okay. So basically what JD's saying there is if you ever see Breck Shea in his lineup, don't believe him. Not, <laughs> he's not going to end up there. That's right. Yeah, like like right now I have Kiri Shelton on my bench. That's not happening. Unless you forget about it this week. That's the <laughs> that's how we're going to catch up. Yeah, that's also true. That could happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Skyler, do you think Javinko's going to be the call? Yeah, I do. Um, I just it, He's been getting, getting off shots and course with Josie out then they're gonna need goals from somewhere um I feel like I mean I hate saying he's due but if the players ever do like Javinko hasn't scored a goal this season and I think I wrote it in my uh rankings article on mlssoccer.com that he's taken five shots or more in each of the four games he's played so you know at some point something's got to give and I feel like with Toronto where they're at in the standings of course it's not like do or die at this point but it feels like Philadelphia at home is like a prime spot for them to get started and uh, making their climb up the east. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's the guy for me this week. Yeah, and he can't be happy that Kevin Kratz is overshadowing his free kick prowess. So <laughs> give give Javinko one with uh, in a dangerous area, and I think he's going to put a couple nice nice opportunities in there. So just a reminder, I don't know, ev- everything just lines up really well because Philly have not been playing all that great. Yeah, yeah, you gotta love his price too, nine million. And then you you look at some of the guys up underneath him. It's just like he just feels like a super steal at that point at that price point. For sure. Yeah, I I'm not sure it matters for these people I see on the the subreddit that are at um like 138 million, 136 million. That's absurd. Um, Money bags. Yeah, I stayed the same this week. We didn't talk about team value because it doesn't really matter anymore, but I'm still at 124.9. You don't need more than that, really. Like, I could I could use an extra couple. Uh, yeah, but some are coming down, too. Yeah, some, a lot of it's just kind of leveling out. But, yeah, I mean, 
if you want a team with like a Vela and, and Al Marone and, and Albert the least like at that point, then you start you start getting stretched a little bit if you're if you're hanging around like the Andrew Bankroll. <laughs> the Andrew Bankroll probably doesn't even afford that either. <laughs> um yeah, that's nice. Uh, you guys obviously next go with uh, Carlos Vela, who is about as expensive as they come in terms of forwards. But um, where does where does the drop off go? You guys are 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 equal in the first three: Javinko Vela and uh, Elise, home against uh, the Galaxy. But like, would you do you think the top two are kind of on the same level, and then it drops off? Is it a top four? We obviously have the. Um, Red Bulls, New York City FC match this week. Um, in fact, I think your top six are the same. The order's a little different, but um, like, w- where do you guys see the drop off? Mm, I mean, I think for me, really, any of the maybe. I mean, maybe even after Javinko, for me, like, I'm not even so like 100% certain that Vela is going to be the number two forward for me. Um, I like Elise in this spot, and I like Darwin Quintero again in this spot. And so, you know, if I do have Javinko, then I've only got room for two more guys. So I could very well end up with a guy like Elise and then a Quintero. And then right down the line, I mean, I even like like a guy like Kyoto, who's just looked phenomenal for the past couple of weeks. I like him as a little bit of a differential play. He's only $7 million, So I don't know. I mean, for me, it feels like Javinko is like the clear-cut play. And then after that, then I feel like you can get – you can uh, really kind of shuffle it at your own discretion. Mm-hmm. I pretty much agree with Skyler. Um, I think if I really had to draw a, fir- a top tier um, and you don't want it to be just Javinko, it would probably end for me after uh, I have Javinko, Vela, Elise, BWP, David Villa. Um, and then I probably would draw a line right before Darwin Quintero, Zlatan, Dom Dwyer, Joseph Martinez, Diego Rossi, and I guess I'd throw Kyoto in there too, um, mm-hmm. like a tier two. But I'm not really sure about any of the the ones after Javinko. I think Vela's a, a pretty good play, but Dallas has been good defensively. Elise is just, uh, he could be a little more consistent of a finisher for my liking, as many chances as he gets. Sometimes he just doesn't bury them. And then I, I think that Via and BWP both step up in big moments, so I could expect a big game out of either of them more than kind of the next tier of players. Right. Hmm, okay. Yeah, those New York City, New York Red Bull games are always weird. Like, sometimes they're really high scoring, sometimes really tight, and it's always tough to figure out when, where it's going to go, but it seems like if there are goals, then it's BWP and Via that you're probably going after anyway. Yeah. This this one might be a week where I have two forwards on the bench. That's what I was wondering. Because the midfield, I think you have some really predictable options, mm-hmm. knock on wood. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not so sure about the forwards. Like, yeah. I don't. I, I feel like just from watching Cantero, it just it seems like he's, especially now with Minnesota, so short in the attack, like with. Christian Ramirez out, uh, Abu Donladi's out. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like, where are they going to get their production from? I mean, you think about a guy like Elise, now he's got Kyoto in the mix with him. He's he's had Minotas alongside him. Like, Quintero doesn't have that, which, you know, in a sense it could hurt him because 
you know, teams know what they need to do to shut Minnesota's attack down, um, put him in their back pocket. But I don't know. It just feels like he's got so much riding on him right now. There's still a lot of hype surrounding him just coming over. So I really like Quintero again this week. Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly how to rank him just because, like you said, the supporting cast. And also I think Vancouver on the road um, have the ability unlike a few weeks ago in Kansas City, but they could totally just clog it up, and I could see Quintero not getting that much space to, to do anything. Um, whether they can execute, who knows. But I, I can just see a scenario where Minnesota and Quintero underwhelm me, and that's, I mean, obviously not that surprising. It's <laughs> happened a lot of times before. But no, Quintero is totally different, so it's I have to look at Minnesota through a slightly different lens. Um but we'll see. I still think yeah. six is a fair ranking for him, but he's he's intriguing. I don't think he's going to make it into my team. Okay. Yeah, I'm still yeah I'm still on the on the border with him. I'm also uh, I don't know. I like Mason Toy a lot. I snuck him in at number twenty this week. He was right there along with guys like C.J. Sapong and um, a couple of other other guys around that twentieth range. And I just put him in because of the Christian Ramirez factor and Abu Dunlady factor. Like, he's finally going to be getting some more playing time, and he's looked pretty good when he's gotten on the field. I, I don't think he's done anything as far as, like, goals or assists, but he's been pretty pretty energetic. And um, working with a guy like Quintero, I think he's going to get some opportunities. He's minimum price at $4 million, So, you know, if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, I don't know. It, it might be worth a, a switcheroo option if you really want to go there. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think Toy's good. Um, I don't know how he's going to play when he has to start the game. Like, he's not coming on with really fresh legs compared to everyone else because a lot of his game is, is predicated on how fast he is. Um, right. So, we'll see. I mean, I don't. he's definitely not a guy I'm putting in my lineup, but... Yeah, under- I'm, I'm mainly just throwing him out just because of the min price factor. Yeah, if like uh, someone has even less money than Andrew, maybe they'll <laughs> throw him in there. Um, before we jump into the midfield, there's kind of a weird question because it really shouldn't matter, but does it matter at all to you guys about captaining Javinko in the first game of the week? No. Yeah, for me it doesn't either. I just at this point you just you kind of just got to go with what you feel like is truly the best play. And I feel like it's him this week. Like mm-hmm. even, even like price aside, then I just, I feel like he's the one that jumps out out of anybody. Okay. I mean, the, the only thing that someone might care about is if they wanted to put Javinko on the bench and see how he did, if right. they weren't sure. But I mean, your captain should be the guy you're most sure of. And I think Javinko is in that conversation. So even if he wasn't my captain, I think he would be in my starting lineup, and I would use those bench spots on uh, kind of riskier mm-hmm. choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think just because he's the first game doesn't mean you need to put him on the bench and see what happens. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, let's go to midfield. Um, you guys have the same number one midfielder. JD, you admitted before the podcast to me that you weren't super thrilled about Nicholas Ladero as the top midfielder. Want to explain that a little bit to uh, our podcast listeners? Well, he's been extremely underwhelming, I think, is the simple answer. Um, I think you told me he has uh, one shot on goal in the – did you say all season? 
Uh, it was one shot, just one shot in his in each of his last three games. Oh yeah, zero okay. shots on goal. Gotcha. Um, I I don't know. He hasn't scored obviously this season. Correct. And and two secondaries, two hockey assists. Right. So I I do think they're kind of getting everything back together. Dempsey's back. He started last game. Mm-hmm. Um, rolled on. Is playing well. He was never really out of the picture, but Ozzy Alonso is back and he's dominating. Yes. So, th- and they did have a pretty good outing in Los Angeles. They almost kept him to a clean sheet, if not for a, a terrible uh, gaff by the keeper. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe they have a good foundation to kind of build on for this game. And Columbus on the road in Seattle does not feel like anything to be frightened of by any means. So I'm I'm holding out hope for Ladero. I'm probably going to have him in my team this week, but I'm just reluctant enough that I'm probably not going to think about captaining him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Skyler, you feel the same way, kind of? I mean, you have him number one. Yeah, for the most part. Um, I feel like you know, last week we had Al Marone at home against I think it was Montreal, and that that one for me is like no brainer, lock and load, stick him in there. And I felt like this week, yeah, I mean. Even like number two at P- with Piotti, I just I'm not 100% certain that yep. they're absolute like stone cold locks. Um, but I threw Lodero up there just because of like what JD said. Seattle at home, they're gonna want to come come home and and bounce back from that loss at LAFC. And yeah, I mean they're they're getting getting some more pieces into their attack. I think Dempsey being back is gonna help open up some stuff for Lodero. And yeah, I mean he hasn't been producing, but in last game he had three points. I think we can look past that. Like he's had a couple of games where he hasn't done anything, goals or assists wise, and he's hit like eight, ten points, something like that. So for me, he just feels like uh, maybe one of the safer plays this week, uh, but also with the ability to to have a big breakout game. So that's why he's number one for me. Yeah, I think the midfield kind of goes the maybe top three, and you could argue i didn't see what skylar ranked but oh you have question four as well so question could maybe push into that and make it a top four in my eyes but um does skylar not have the same top six um yep we switched to russell and vasquez though mm-hmm. yeah okay oh and then he loves alessandrini as always <laughs> in fairness um, you're only one off on alessandrini yeah no i like alessandrini this week and zlatan both it's Christian Roldan who's the outlier here. Which is amazing because Skyler loves Roldan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I just had a hard time. What is he? He's 22 for me, so it's just ranking oh, him wow. top 20. Um, I don't know. It felt like everybody in front of him was, was a worthy pick. Like, I guess I see where you're getting at because he has looked really good, and it feels like he's taking on a little bit more of an attacking role. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see just how that plays out, but yeah, I mean, I could see a good game from him here. I don't, I don't blame you for ranking him higher than me this week. Yeah, I had to cut some tough people since I only do a top twenty. So I think you have, um, oh well, you have Rusnak twenty-one. Um, I think Royer I bumped out, Yoshi I bumped out, Miram. I think made it in my value plays column instead. So yeah, those are kind of guys that I kind of pushed, pushed back for rolled on to get up there. And mm-hmm. San Jose is a team I think I was a little more down on than you as well, which is weird because I know Portland's defense is so bad, but I just don't know what's going on with San Jose either. 
Is it yeah. more you don't know which pieces to take, like Vako or Erickson or? Um, not entirely. I just don't think they're that good. Oh, okay. They they should be like on paper, San Jose should be a good team. Um, they just haven't been yet. Yeah. And I think yeah. uh, I like Huzin a lot, but I wish he was a forward. I would use him more often. Yeah, that's a hard part for me is deciding which of those three. I mean, it's really down to those three. I don't. I still kind of consider Wando as a forward option, I guess, but not really though. Yeah, not really. I mean, I feel like he's gonna just pop up with some of those games where he's just adding to padding his goals total um but he's not like a game in game out threat i think he's just gonna be one of those players that turns up with a goal here and there but yeah i mean i think when you're thinking about the san jose attack it's erickson it's uh vaco or it's hosen and i just if i'm having to decide between one of those three then i, I don't know i mean maybe maybe i uh in my rankings i've got a few different methods like i think erickson has maybe a little bit more set piece value at this point um and he's I think he might be he might be leading the team in goals. It's him or Hosen. Um, but it feels like Erickson might be carrying a little bit more of the attacking load than Vaco might be a little bit more of the bonus point potential and Hosen maybe uh more likely to turn up with a goal. So this Yeah. Time. I think Hosen's a guy that's definitely has like a hat trick in him this season. He just um his finishing just is very, very good and I think he gets into great spots. Um, so once they learn how to like kind of get him the ball in the right places, I think it's going to be pretty nice. But on the Wando front, I I feel like they should just trade him to Houston where he used to play. Because um, can you imagine him between Kyoto and Elise? <laughs> That's the CONCACAF uh, trio right there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like a perfect spot for him, though. I would, I don't know. He just doesn't fit San Jose anymore. Yeah, it doesn't seem it. it doesn't seem I know it. he doesn't want to leave, and I'm sure they, there would be a fan uprising if they got rid of him when he didn't want to leave, but I'd like him to, to extend his uh, goal record lead once he breaks it. Once he gets there, yeah. Might not get there at this pace. Uh, he'll get there. <laughs> um, Where are you guys looking on? I hate to say Ezekiel Barco is like a secondary piece, but he kind of is on that team. Um, you had GD, you have him 12 and Osorio 13. Do you think they're really in consideration for a lot of people this week? Sure. Like if you need a fifth midfield spot um, to put on your bench, I think they're good options because they're kind of inexpensive mm -hmm. compared to some of the other guys. Mm -hmm. So, and I think uh tighter right behind them. I have at number 14, he's 7.1. He's in that conversation as well. The The appeal to each of them is different. I feel like Osorio is in the first game, so that's uh, appealing in and of itself against Philadelphia. Um, Tider is a little more of a safe option. I think he has a pretty good matchup, but he also has some upside. And then Barco, you're just swinging for the, the fences. Right. Um, he's been really good, though. He hasn't been like a yeah he hasn't been like a fantasy star, but uh, his time is definitely going to come, and it's not going to take too long. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm still waiting for that big, you know, fantasy point breakout. But right now, it just feels like he's he's making things happen, but that's not really translating into fantasy points at this point. So let's see that happen, and then 
he might make his way back into my team right now. I'm I'm probably definitely not going to have him this week. His five chances created last week were the second most in MLS. Yeah, That's pretty good. Yeah, no, he looks. I mean, he's he's definitely going to be uh, pulling the strings, and he's fun to watch. Um, I'm just ready to see him start taking on some of the the scoring load, or, or at least earning assists. Yeah. Yeah, he'll get there. Yeah, it'll come. Um, I am one who seems to be finally getting on the Johnny Russell train. Uh, is there any hesitation on him <laughs> home against Colorado? That explains why you're so far behind the It pack. could be. It could. I had Gutierrez, and then when he went down, I just wasn't sure oh. if I could trust another Kansas City midfielder. People can't seem to let go of Gutierrez. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to Maybe now. now that he's out for yeah, <laughs> I guess. two or three months. But is like Russell real, the real deal? Yeah, he is. Okay. I mean, he he jumps off the screen when you watch a game. He's aggressive. He uh, he can beat multiple people in the box on a, the way to goal. Um, so I, he's not like the most consistent option, but he's more of a he's a very different player f- from Piotti. But in terms of fantasy production, I feel like that's where he's at. Like he is. He's like the winger that could have huge weeks, but he could also have a, a two or three pointer pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Reading Zadroik's captain article, he was basically saying Russell's floor is is too low to like really rely on for a captain, but obviously his upside yeah. is pretty high. It depends where you are in the standings too. If you're like below uh, rank a thousand or something, Russell's a fine. I mean, you want to be shooting for hat tricks from here on out, probably. Yeah. Um, you don't want to take Ladero, I don't think. Maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think you might. I guess yeah, well, more as more of a defensive play almost. But I guess if if you're rank if you're rank a thousand, you want to take Ladero as a defensive play. I mean, if he gets twenty points and you're left without him, then yeah. I mean. Yeah, but you're already low anyway. You're kind of trying to to, to really climb the standings. Is what I'm thinking. I'll rephrase. You don't want to take Kleshton if you're. Rank a thousand because he's not going to score two goals probably. Right. That's why I didn't even consider him. Russell or Clutchton? Clutchton. Oh, gotcha. He's in my team right now. Mm -hmm. I went with Ladero, Piatti, and Almarone. There was no way I had money for for Clutchton as well. (laughs) You got. uh, Let's see. You got uh, Justin Miram down there at six point one million. He's starting to get mixed back in. Yeah. Looks enticing. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a stretch. I think I might have ranked him. Yeah, I might have ranked him a little bit higher than he deserves, but uh, maybe it's just going off a little bit of a hunch. And yeah, like feeling like maybe he's got that fire lit now that he yeah. spent some time on the bench and he knows he's got to produce. So it's, Salt Lake's a good team to, to roll him out against. So Yeah, it's, it's not a trap this week. It's a good play. I mean, when I see Chow Plata ranked ahead of him, on JD's rankings, I'm, I'm not jumping at Justin Miram. Well, uh, Orlando's Miram, Miram defense is, is ahead on, uh, on Skyler's though. Orlando's defense is still awful. Yeah, it is. Um, so I think like Plata's a really. I'm not going to use him because there's just a lot of better options. But I think Plata is like 40 percent chance to score this game on the road in Orlando. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say the difference between those two is like RSL probably looks to plot them more for for goals than they do Merrim right now. So, 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I I know I, I realize I've got Miram ranked this spot ahead of Plata, but for me, I think that that Plata's got just as good or better chance to score than he, than Miram does. Yeah. Maybe a good way to cap off the forward midfield discussion is uh, to see who Andrew's thinking about using in his switcheroo spots. Um, I initially had uh, Quintero, and I've adjusted about three times in this podcast, so I don't even remember who the other one was. But I think I might start five midfielders. And Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Right now I have Almiron, Piatti, Russell, Ladero, and Vasquez. Like, uh, so you say you can't afford Kleshton, but you have Vasquez and Russell? Well, they're, Vasquez is 10, and Russell's 9.8, and Kleshton's almost <laughs> right. 11 and a half. Okay, I gotcha. It's um, not team money bags over here, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Have you thought about, uh, like, a Keche instead of Vasquez, in, uh, maybe starting a Keche on the bench? Um, 6.1. Yeah, that would definitely save some money. Um, I'm going to see how the Toronto lineup looks. Definitely for the first one because I was also going to go with uh, Aro and Vanderville. Vanderville, yeah. So yeah, that actually like going into defenders. I mean, if you're going to max out on Toronto, like how do you how do you guys look to see to do? I mean, Javinko's one. Do you basically get one in every level, or do you find yourself thinking maybe two defenders or two midfielders? I'm thinking maybe two defenders. Mm-hmm. And a Bono and goal, obviously, in the keeper room. Right. Yeah, Bono and goal. And I think I might even go like I did last week with Vancouver, just stick Aro and Vanderweel on my bench, um, see what happens. If one of them has a good game, great, he's in. If both of them have a good game, then um, there you go. There's two clean sheets yep. automatic to start the week out. Um, I mean, I'd, you know, part of me doesn't love the thought of, of uh, burning those two bench spots right off the bat. But at the same time, I mean, those guys are so cheap and – they're also a little bit of a wild card just with Toronto having to shuffle things up so much in the back that I don't know. I'd feel comfortable doing working it like that this week. Yeah. I'm kind of torn between starting one or two Toronto player defenders on the bench. I think I might put Vanderveel straight in because then uh, I can put a, what I consider a riskier defender pick on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a beauty to being able to see those guys right away and then adjusting your lineup but also, if you really think someone in an early game is going to have a good game and you can use those bench spots to, to your advantage in a different way, I think that's totally viable as well. Sure. Um, what was I? Let me think. Oh, I guess Waston is a guy I was considering using from the bench again, and he plays fairly early on the road against Minnesota. Um, so that's like a... a Decent chance at a clean sheet, I think, because Minnesota, we said, were hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a guy I feel that comfortable with starting right away. Right. That makes sense. The bummer that I see is that if I have Bono, Aro, and Vanderveel on on the bench, like if they have – if somehow Philly scores and neither of those guys have a good game otherwise, like I basically burned three-quarters of my bench – well, it doesn't matter when you use them. It's that's true. That's true. I mean, it's the same as if you had three guys spread out that had bad games mm-hmm. from your bench. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes you feel more claustrophobic uh, for the rest of the weekend, I guess. But <laughs> I think it's but, logical, though. I mean, especially with the prices, like they're so cheap that it, it really, if if it works out, it really helps you to be able to pay up across the board elsewhere. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like I always say, like I always say, though, the caveat is everyone's going to be doing it. Yes. Which, that doesn't mean it's bad or good. It just means you have to think about that based on your goals in terms of moving up or down the standings. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, we talked about um, Apara a little bit. Um, you guys, unsurprisingly, have Zuzi at the top yet again. Um, but is there is there any reason to for people who need to save not to have Zuzi and go with Apara or anyone else from the Kansas City backline? Like, how much uh, are they giving up? All the uh, offensive upside. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, Opara theoretically can still score with his head, but uh, I I don't know. Yeah, Opara's been good for bonus points. Like, he's finally getting back in the bonus points. But I just feel like you got to find a way to shuffle things around and find that extra, what, two, two and a half million mm-hmm. for Zussi? I mean... Yeah, Zussi's 16-point game a couple weeks ago just tells you about all you need to know. Like that's the kind of potential he brings, and yeah, Opara could could totally turn up and do that at some point, but Zussi's more likely to. Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> Were you tr- really trying no, not to no. use Zussi this week? No, no, no. <laughs> I've had Zussi all season. It's like basically the spot that I don't touch, just because. Yeah. Yeah, and like the five points last week, I mean, yeah, it's a, a bad game for him, but it still didn't really kill a lineup. Nope. And yeah, a $500,000 increase. Right. Uh, speaking of bonus points, you guys are both pretty high on Victor Cabrera this week. I'm not surprised, yeah, I was surprised with, with to see Skyler. him up there on JD. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Coming around, coming around. Maybe maybe it's the, the heat that he's getting from some of the Reddit community out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I was right on the Cabrera last time. Are you going to take credit for the red card? Well, <laughs> I, I did argue he's just not that good of a defender, so. <laughs> True. Um, and it was a, re- a red card. Um, I know it was kind of a light one, but uh, but by the rules of the game, red card. So, I don't know. Here's the thing. He does get a lot of bonus points. He also gives up opportunities for the other team to score. But New England really aren't that good of a team, so... He kind of made it up there just because some of the other options I'm not so sure about this week. Um, could have been a little bit of peer pressure, but... Um, <laughs> There's I, no thought that New England, now that the Lee Wynn cloud has been lifted, that they're going to break out in a big way at Montreal? I, I mean, they they definitely could score multiple goals. That's what kept Cabrera from being higher. If I thought his clean sheet chances were were really good, then he'd probably be number two. But um, I New England's a weekly proposition, I think. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to come out flying and the press is going to really work and Fagundes is going to bury some chances. Um, or maybe Skyler can tell us, since he's the Teal Bunbury whisperer, <laughs> when he's going to have a goal. No, it's, it's uh, all Pania this season. The guy looks like a man on fire. Well, you ranked Bunbury in your top 20 last week when I had trouble, like, squeezing uh like 40 people i liked more into my top 20 uh <laughs> then i go to compare our, our rankings and score them and uh i saw you had bunbury and he scored the goal and i was pretty pissed but um he's got like what 
four in his last five. So I mean, it's he's, yeah. he's getting chances. And the, granted, the goal that he scored, I mean, he was offsides. He kind of got lucky. There, but, uh, yeah, yeah, lost. very lucky. I uh, maybe Bunbury's in a blind spot. I'll have to reassess. But um, I don't know. Cabrera might get bumped down if I decide I like Kansas City's clean sheet chances more, which I think I do. That's going to be tough. That's going to be a, an adjustment I might make on Friday. Okay. It seems like Kansas City and Toronto are kind of the main clean sheet teams. Uh, yeah, I like um, Seattle, I think, is a good one to look at. I think... LAFC is a good one to look at. And then you have uh, teams like Minnesota, Orlando, um, Vancouver, Atlanta that you're not really that confident in, but I could totally justify taking a defender from some of those teams. Wow. Yeah, just uh, chime in here on when, with you saying Atlanta. Um, I threw LGP, Lander Gonzalez-Perez, in my rankings at 15th. Um, I'm normally not too high. I'm I'm playing defenders on the road, but just watching Atlanta play last weekend, like, I mean, if anybody's played fantasy the past couple of years, we know that LGP can rack up the bonus points from time to time. But just this past weekend too, he was pushing forward. It seemed like a lot more than I've seen him do before. Like he was almost um, up in the attack for a good bit of the game, uh, making passes in the in the final third and. Um, getting some chances, so not saying he's going to turn up on the score sheet, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see a goal or an assist come from him this week. Do you say you wouldn't, you don't expect him on the score sheet, but you wouldn't be surprised if he was on the score sheet? Like I'm not saying, <laughs> it, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying it's not like. Is you know, he due? He's, I'm not, yeah, I'm not guaranteeing a goal or anything, but like, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked at this point just with the involvement that he's got in the attack. Skyler, where's your boy uh, Muhammad El Manir this week? Uh, probably right there, as far as like actual defending with uh, Victor Cabrera um, <laughs> for, fantasy, for fantasy purposes. And yeah, he was he was on the he was right there on the edge of the the twenty. I mean, I was he was in consideration. You got him right, yeah. don't you? Yeah, he's uh, right ahead of LGP, sixteen and seventeen. I agree, he's a terrible defender though. He's, he's made him and Sane have made some really questionable <laughs> plays this season, but I mean they both got fantasy upside. Like Sane gets forward on set pieces, and um, yeah, I mean El Munir he gets forward on occasion too. So I could see where he has some fantasy potential there. Yeah, I uh, I actually had some time this week. I turned on an episode, the weekly episode of Extra Time Radio, one of the MLS podcasts, and they were joking about Sane. Uh, can just always playing does he ever play soccer with his hand down because he's always just turning around looking for an offsides call which is really really accurate he just gets burnt down the middle all the time and orlando's entire defense does i don't know if they're like trying to play some sort of offsides trap that doesn't work or just they're disorganized or disinterested but their defense is sneaky terrible like i there's all these articles and people talking on the internet, like his Orlando and MLS Cup contender. I don't even think they're close. They've got a few lucky results so far. Uh, yeah, more than a few. They've been a a really, really shaky team in pretty much every regard. Um, 
apart from just scoring goals, which I don't think is going to be something that's like a consistent, uh, consistent stream of goals throughout the season. They're going to go through some rough patches, I think. Dwyer has never scored uh, like this consistently in his career, yeah. even when he was in in some dominant Kansas City teams. So, I don't know. They've allowed multiple goals in six of eight games. Yeah, and that they've played. Right. Their schedule's been really easy too. Yeah, it's kind of like they've been using the theory that the the best defense is a a better attack or that kind of thing. However, it goes. Yeah. Um, the o- yeah, just offsetting any goals with with goals of their own. So. Yeah, the only defensive performances that like look good were the opener home against DC. They shut out Philly in Chester, and then they gave up one at Colorado. And it's like if you're gonna pick three teams that you probably are gonna be okay defensively, those are probably the three you'd pick. <laughs> yeah, they also conceded three to the Red Bulls uh, B team. Yep. Two to San Jose. Two to Minnesota. Yep. Two to the Timbers. All of those were at home, right? Or was yeah. Minnesota on the road? Uh, that was at home. At home. Yeah, so all those results we just talked about, them conceding, all of those were at home. That was the Ethan Finley brace. <laughs> yeah, Orlando's bad. I don't care that they're second in the, uh, the Eastern Conference right now. I fully expect them to finish fifth at best. Mm-hmm. That's reasonable, I think. Uh, so does that mean you're not going with Joe, Joe Bendick this week? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what that means. I love the, the comments on JD's rankings. The trust Orlando at your own risk, followed shortly by Bobby Shuttleworth with enjoy the rare Shuttleworth appearance in the rankings. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're the two cheapest guys that I had to go for. <laughs> Hopefully Bono works out. <laughs> it's uh, It's really hard to come up with like – intelligent things to say about five of my 10 keepers for the comments <laughs> as a rule of thumb. I try to do comments for half the players and um, it's like, I think they might get a clean sheet more than this next person on the list. And then it's, I think this person might get yeah. a clean sheet more than this next person on the list. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, any, any goalkeeper sleepers you're feeling, Skylar? Some sort of reverse guaranteed goal, re- guaranteed no goals? <laughs> I like Shuttleworth a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not thrilled about Vancouver's attack right now, so um, I know you guys are kind of joking about him making the random rankings appearance. He's seventh in my rankings, which, honestly, I feel like I might, I might may have, may should have ranked him ahead of Joe Bendick, who I've got at fifth. So, yeah, I don't know, that's fair. The, yeah, for the price, five million, um, and just not not really liking what I'm seeing out of Vancouver right now. Like I could see Minnesota getting a good result at home and Shuttleworth potentially pitching a clean sheet. Yeah, to be fair, Anthony Blondell had uh, how many chances last week that he flubbed or flopped or missed <laughs> or tripped over or missed a pass or didn't connect on or it seemed like he was getting into great spots and just uh, couldn't really get anything going. Right, and um, to add on to that, then Houston was just absolutely pummeling Minnesota at Minnesota last week. So I know Vancouver's not nearly the same, uh, have, have, have the same fierceness of attack, but I mean, I think Vancouver should get some chances. I just, I don't, 
I don't know. I'm still not sold on their attack. Uh, should we mention Christian Takera not playing in this game because of uh, possibly <laughs> the, the dumbest thing I've ever seen? <laughs> hey, that was a repeat. When uh, Who was it a few – I mean, several years back it was a, a Hasley. player. Yep. Uh, same, same thing. Just already had a yellow, scored a penalty kick, and rips the shirt off for the second yellow. Just – he had his shirt under his shirt, though, right? Hasley? Yeah, Hasley yeah. did. Uh, Tashera didn't. I mean, that was just... <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe that that gives uh, Tashera the, the trophy there. Well, they were. They also have just gone through a really bad stretch, and that was the goal to put them ahead, right? Yeah. Uh, Tashera's this week, or did it tie it? It put them ahead, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, um, I'm up 1-0. Right, and they really needed this result at home, and he's like, oh, let me just... Uh, Put my team down a man for what forty minutes? It was a long time. Yeah, I'm just. I don't. Forgive me for not um, mem- remembering the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps game that well, but <laughs> uh, not a good decision. Simple as that. Yeah, so, and then his whole team tried to crowd around him to like hide the fact that he took off his shirt. Right. Um, good luck. Do you think he didn't care, or that he just forgot? I, I mean, obviously, he's just not aware of the situation he's in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like you, in basketball, this happens all the time, where players just aren't aware, like, the shot clock or the score or the number of fouls or, like, the situational stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what happened here. I don't – I was always pretty aware. Like, if I had a yellow card, I was thinking about that a lot. Right. That makes yeah, sense. I mean, it's not like you've got players like in your ear, like, "Hey, don't take your shirt off if you score." Like, you just assume <laughs> that's not like, regular they're, conversation. They're, yeah, they're they're professionals. They're aware of the situation, but <laughs> apparently not. Oh, I don't know. It's, and it's like, congratulations, you scored a penalty kick. Like, that's not a shirt off situation. <laughs> in a, a regular season MLS game, to go up one nothing with a lot of time left. Right. Like. What are you doing? Moment for the Vancouver attack, so Minnesota could could do it. I guess. Like it's fine. I don't know. <laughs> um. All right. You Wait, guys... are you really using Bendik and Shuttleworth this no, week? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopefully using Bono, and that's it. But I have Amelia uh, as my other. Yeah. As of now. I'm sure I'll find a way to blow it. I probably what uh, fifty percent or more of fantasy managers have the exact same two goalies right now. I would assume so. But if I don't get a clean sheet out of one of those two, I'm going to be very upset. Mm-hmm. It happened to me last week, though. I yeah, was sure so. I had it, and then nope. Yeah, well, I was. Flip- weren't we all flip flopping between our second choice, or was that just me? I just went straight to Blake after uh, Guzan flopped, and then okay. straight I'd, out with Blake too. I had Blake first, and then I went Sean Johnson. But I think I was considering Stefan. Um, trying to think if there was someone else. I went Blake and then McMath. Yeah, McMath is the other guy I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. So none of them worked, right? None. Yeah. <laughs> not a good, not a good week for clean sheets. I guess LAFC got theirs. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty lucky. Seattle could have uh, had one pretty easily. Yeah, Dempsey. Dempsey actually looks like he's about to score a goal, so yeah, he does. wouldn't be surprised to see him turn up. Yeah, he looks good. 
Uh, all right. Anything else? I got nothing. I'm good. No, I'm good here. Cool. All right. Uh, if anybody has any follow questions, you can find JD and Skyler on Twitter at DFSMLS and at DraftKicks, respectively. Um, we're also... I'm mostly available in the Rotowire Slack chat. You just have to write MLS, and JD apparently gets a notification on his phone. So <laughs> take that however you like. Um, just remind- don't just type MLS to pop up my notifications. <laughs> times. Uh-huh. To troll you like I did that That's, one time. Yeah. <laughs> MLS, MLS, MLS. <laughs> um, reminder: you can find JD's rankings on Rotowire.com/soccer. Skylers are right there on the front page, at least as of right now, on MLSsoccer.com. We also have the Adam Zadroik's captain's article up on Rotowire. I believe he's tipping uh, Javinko as well. But uh, for those who want a differential, since we think Javinko will probably be pretty popular, he's got some other picks as well. Uh, so, yeah, check all that stuff out. Gentlemen, thank you for all of that, and good luck this weekend. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.